hello and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Moneras. I'm passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. This week on the WE Podcast, I chat with Chelsea Matthews. Chelsea is a licensed financial professional and owns a company with her husband, Martin. Together, they co-authored a book called Let's Fight About Money. It's totally awesome how they're taking one of the most sensitive topics in marriage and bringing it out into the open and having honest conversation about it. I love how versatile our conversation is during this episode, and as we talk through everything from her and her husband's business to being a single mom, blended families, culture, and so much more, Chelsea has awesome insight on what it takes to build an unshakable financial house and also what it takes to strengthen our own selves at the core. I cannot wait for you to listen to our chat. Here is my interview with Chelsea. Chelsea here today. I'm super excited to have you on the WE podcast and to get to know you a lot better. I know we've kind of uh, ran in similar groups and I've got to see you and your husband a little bit more briefly, I guess. Um, I know a little bit about what you all do, and it's amazing. I got to read some of your book, which we'll talk about at some point. But the thing that I'm passionate about and that really gets me excited is getting to know people on a deeper level. And I know you have an awesome story, and so I can't wait to dive into that with you. So do you want to tell everybody just a little bit about yourself just to start out. Sure, sure. So um, my husband and I, we wrote a book called Let's Fight About Money. And so it's all about helping couples and really people communicate about money, handle conflict and build an unbreakable financial house. And um, we're also licensed financial professionals together. We have a combined 16 years experience in the industry. And um, really our mission is to transform people's lives through their finances so that they can really build that unbreakable financial house and live the life that they dream of. Like we all have gifts, you know, that we were designed to share. And if we're too busy trying to just pay the bills or work a job that is not fulfilling, then we're really not sharing those gifts. And so we want to help everyone reach their potential. And then we're also um, like a family business. Our son uh, just turned 13 and he teaches kids good money habits. So we're kind of like a whole family business. That is so awesome. And that's something that I've noticed about you from the very beginning, how you all work together and you're really in this together, which I think is ideal. I mean, (laughs) if we can, if we can include the whole family, then that's just a super bonus. So 
Yeah. So you've written a book, you help couples too with money, which as we both know, money is one of the biggest hot buttons topics in relationships and marriage. I think it's, it's the number one lead to divorce is arguments over money. So not only are you helping people live their passion and step into those things, but you're also helping them to strengthen their, their relationships. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it really came about the whole um, way that our book came about is we would work with a lot of couples and we would talk about their finances. We would help them with the financial plan, you know, look at where they are, where they want to go and help them fill in the gaps. And they weren't always on the same page. You know, we found that sometimes they wanted different things or they had different ideas of what financial independence meant to them. And so um, we really saw a lot of struggling in communication to be able to even get on the same page, to even have the same goals and plan. And then when we got into a relationship and we got married and we combined our finances, even though we had a lot of the same goals and dreams and we were in the same industry, we had to work through some conflicts ourselves and learn how to communicate about money because it really starts with what we call your money personality. So like I'm a saver and Martin is a spender. And even though we have the same goals, we want to grow our business. We want to have freedom, time and money, freedom with our family. Well, we look at it differently and we behave differently around money. So when he wanted to spend to expand our business, I would get really stressed out because I didn't want like all the money to go away and be afraid that we wouldn't be able to bring it, bring it in. And so it really starts from understanding where you are, like what are your thoughts and your beliefs and your habits around money, which typically came from the way that we were raised, what we saw growing up. None of us had the same upbringing. So we all come into relationships, come into adulthood with different beliefs and habits around money. So it really starts with figuring out what do I believe about money? What are my habits about money? And then you can start to understand your spouse or your partner's habits and beliefs around money. And then you can start to understand from where they are. Like we know we both want the same thing. So he's not trying to spend to... Um, threaten our family. And I'm not trying to save to not grow our business. We want the same thing. It's just, we have to come to an understanding of where each other is. Yeah. That's one thing that I really love. And when I was listening to your book is you do use a lot of your own experiences, Mm -hmm. which is huge because I think a lot of times people present themselves as we have this all figured out. And that's why we're teaching you and we've always had it figured out kind of like that perfection position. And so you don't do that. Like you're very real about your own struggles and how it's gotten you to where you are now. But then also you do talk a lot about the foundation of where does this come from, which I think is obviously super important as a therapist (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how you um, interpret each other's motives and how the perspective is so huge. So I just love everything that I've listened to so far, I think is, is huge and couples need it for sure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to share it out more. Um, 
So I wanna talk a little bit about, we talked a little bit prior to this interview on the phone about how kind of your experience as a woman and going into this business and, you know, I kind of want to know your history and what's brought you to where you are today. And then also how working with your husband, I know you had said that in the beginning, it was a little bit difficult for you because I think those are important things. Like I said earlier, people want to know kind of where you've been and what you've come through. So I know that's like a really big question. Like, tell me your whole life story <laughs> in about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. <laughs> but you feel free to share wherever you feel um, led to share. And I'll kind of let you take the, take the reins. Sure. So I'll start when I became a mom and um, because before I met Martin, I was a single mom for seven years. And really what led me into the financial industry was wanting to be able to teach William, our son, um, how to have the tools to be able to create whatever life he wanted. Because when he started school, I saw, man, they don't teach kids about money. They don't teach them how to start their own business. They don't even encourage them to like develop their skills and their passion. And um, it was really, uh, you know, he would, well, I don't know if I want to go into this whole story, <laughs> but I'll tell you quickly that, um, you know, just as an example, um, when William was younger, he was not like super excited about reading. He had some struggles reading. He wasn't really interested in it. So we were trying to find things that he would want to read so he'd be interested in it. And so we were working on it. He found this book that he really liked. He had been working on it and um, he wanted to read it to the classroom. So he asked his teacher, he was gonna read it to the classroom. And um, after they came back from art class, so they were in art class. He was totally, he's really into art. He was totally into this painting they were doing. And then it was time to clean up. The teacher was saying it's time to clean up like a few times and William, either didn't hurt, hear her or was totally into, you know, the thing that he just kind of disregarded and didn't clean up. So he ended up getting in trouble. And his punishment for not listening was that he didn't get to read the book to the class. So I thought, man, the thing that we're trying to encourage him to do and uh, is the thing that he gets taken away and he gets in trouble for being totally into something that he's passionate about in art. So I'm like, what kind of message does this send our kids that, you know, if you follow your passions that you're going to get in trouble. And if you try something new, you know, it could just get taken away. So you might as well not try. And so I thought, this is not what I want him to be learning. And if I want him to learn something different, I'm going to have to teach him. But at the time I was really struggling between trying to have financial success and family success. Like, I either was making really good money and, and not having any time with William, or I was having tons of time with William, but I was broke. And so I'm like, there's gotta be a way to have both. I don't wanna have to choose one or the other. So I really kind of set out on a journey for one to be able to create that family and financial success. And then also teach William those tools because I knew he wasn't gonna learn them anywhere else. And so I started reading books. I started um, doing a lot of personal development, going to courses, 
And it was at a financial seminar that I met a group of financial advisors and they were teaching people how money works, how to make passive income. They were making money. I mean, all of these things that I really wanted to be able to do. So I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. And at the time they were in San Diego and I was in Las Vegas. So they said, why don't you come on out to Las Vegas? I mean, uh, San Diego, come work with us. And I always wanted to live in San Diego. I grew up going there um, for the summers, so I loved it. So I packed up my son and myself. We moved to San Diego and um, to start this new you know, career in the financial industry. And um, that's where I met William. I mean, William. <laughs> that's where I met Martin. <laughs> mm -hmm. We, um, he was also working with this group of people. And so we came together, he was helping them, uh, in their, you know, direction of their business. And so very quickly we got to know each other and realized that our goals and dreams were very aligned. And at the time I had been in like mom mode and not really looking at a relationship. I thought maybe down the road, you know, um, it'll be right. And so here comes this guy with all these, you know, goals and dreams that align with mine. And, you know, funny story is when we had a conversation and there was like a time where it just kind of hit me and I realized that he's the one, but, but in my mind, I said, crap, <laughs> because <laughs> because I felt like I was not ready. I thought maybe down the road in a couple years or something. But, you know, when I had been spending probably a year before that thinking about, you know, what kind of relationship do I want? What kind of person do I want in William's life? Because I had been through a lot of really bad relationships. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking, okay, what do I want? What qualities do I want? What example do I want for William? And then I realized, oh, if I want that kind of person in my life, I have to become the kind of person that would attract that type of person. So I've been working on myself and, and um, visualizing and focusing on the type of relationship I want. And, you know, they say when, when everything aligns, whether you're ready or not, it just shows up. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how we came together in a relationship. And very quickly we combined our business. We became a family and so we really went through a lot of things that I think some families maybe don't go through, you know, in such a short period of time. So we really had to kind of like accelerate our communication and all of the things that go with that to be able to make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can really identify with you in some of this. I, I was a single mom for eight years. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're very close in that yeah. period of time and I know how difficult that is. And you said either you get to spend time with them and have no money or spend no time with them and have money. I totally, totally can relate to that and always feeling conflicted within myself of, I want to be home. I want to spend as much time with them as possible now both of them but back then it was you know just one and my solution for that was going back to school because if I could go back to school I could spend more time with her only having to be in class rather than having to work 
tons and tons and tons of hours. But what I was doing is actually borrowing a lot of money mm -hmm. <laughs> to be able to spend time with her. So I think that that is, I mean, I know I can relate to it. And I think a lot of women can relate to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And and I really, I knew that I wanted to help other moms as well. I thought like, if I could figure it out for myself, I know there's other moms struggling out there to figure the same thing out. And if I could figure it out, then I could help others as well. And that's really a piece of our book too, because when we did start working out a system of how to communicate about money um, for our personal relationship or business relationship, we really kind of developed a system of how to make that work. Then we started doing shows and videos and we got this like pouring in of questions like, how do you do it? How do you communicate about money? Do you, how do you spend so much time together? And um, people really related to that and they wanted to know how did you figure it out? And so each thing in my life that has been a struggle, it's always been a, I've always been driven, not just to figure it out for myself, but then I want to go and help other people because I know that feeling, that struggle mm -hmm. and that frustration. And so I want to help other people through it too. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's really what it's all about yeah. is being able to take those experiences and then and then help other people for sure. I love that. I love your heart around that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to one of the thing you said, and as a single mom, because this feels really huge to me, like I think about making this decision in your shoes, it was probably, I mean, that's a huge leap of faith to pack up everything you have and your child and you and kind of start over in a completely different city by yourself. I, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up and wanting to talk about the single mom aspect because it really reminds me of where it all started. And now that uh, Martin and I are married and we're a family, we talk a lot about family and relationships and couples. And so it's really good because it's reminding me that, oh yeah, that's how it all started. Hmm. And so thanks for bringing all of that up. Um, so yeah, it took a little bit to make the decision. It wasn't like I just said, okay, sure, let's go. Now I had a little experience of moving back and forth. I'm originally from Northern California and um, I was living in Las Vegas before I had William. So I was in a relationship that was not very healthy at all. And when I found out I was having William, you know, the things that I wasn't doing for myself, I realized I didn't want to bring another life into this type of relationship, this type of life. And I knew I had to make some changes. So I moved back to California where my family is, where my parents are. And um, about, William was about a year old and I decided to move back to Las Vegas. So I had moved there. Um, I had moved back and forth a couple of times because I would get a little stir crazy. And well, here's what would happen actually. I tell people I would move to California and I would get bored. Then I would move to Las Vegas and I'd get burnout. 
And I went back and forth a couple of times. But what really happened is I would move to Las Vegas and I would make money there. And I had um, a friend who, well, I did real estate out there and also had a friend who had a VIP concierge company. So we would basically put on events and parties and I made a lot more money in Las Vegas than I did in California. So when I would get burnt out and realize I'm not living my passion, I'm not feeling fulfilled, then I would go to California and I would put in the work, I went back to school and then I would struggle and I was broke and I would get to the point where I thought, I can't take it anymore, I'm just gonna go back to Las Vegas. So that's really what happened is I would keep starting over and starting over in this cycle. And so I was at the point where I had been in, in Vegas about two years and I was at the point where I was like, this is not doing it for me and this is not doing it for William. And so when I met this group of people and I had this opportunity, I thought, gosh, you know, it's a, it is a big move to move states, move William to a new school, moved to where my parents are. I was very, I'm, I'm very close with my parents. And so for a little bit, I, I pondered over it. And I'll tell you, it was another one of those light bulb moments when I decided to actually make the move. I was in a women empowerment group. It was like an online group and uh, women from all over the world. And there was one other lady in Las Vegas. And so I said, hey, let's get together for coffee. So we got together and I was telling her about, you know, my passion for helping women and moms. And I really want to give all these tools to William, but I need to learn myself. And I met this group of people and I love San Diego and I want to move to San Diego, but it's a really big move. And I don't know. And, and this woman that I didn't even know, I had just met, she looks at me and she goes, you, you got to move. I, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm listening to your passion. And I think you really need to make the move. And it was like this light bulb, this woman that doesn't even know me and she could see like, that's what you need to do. And so I called up the people and I said, okay, we're going to do it. And so I planned it out so that it, like during summer vacation, we moved so that it was a smooth transition and everything, but it did take a little bit, but it was like a split second decision. Once I did make that commitment. Hmm. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Man. Yeah. You're like saying things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. Oh my gosh. I can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. Well, my, when I, um, had my daughter, I was in a terrible relationship also very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I was in a very self-destructive place in my life. And it was, you said, I need to do, figure this out do the things I'm not doing for him. And that was totally where I was. I need to get my poop in a group, right? Because <laughs> my daughter deserves much better than this. Not mm -hmm. seeing it within my own self first, like not feeling like I deserve better, but I knew she did. And so that's, that was the beginning of the entire growth period or whatever. I mean, I'm still growing, but the, the bulk, the majority of it. So you were able to see, I want to give him something more than mm -hmm. what I have right now. And it's awesome. I think that's so amazing. And how people are, I think 
everybody is in our life for a reason and how that woman was able to speak over you is huge. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I love it. So yes, the single mom part, it is important to know where we came from or remember, because I think it's so easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also making me think about when Martin and I did start dating and, you know, now we are a great family. William gets along so well with my, I say that if they didn't, if they looked more alike physically, you would think that they are biologically related. Like their personalities are some, uh, in a lot of ways, closer than William and I. Uh-huh. Like they get, sometimes Martin explains where William's coming from for me because he understands where he's coming from. And I think also having that positive male role model is just so important. But thinking back in the beginning, not just was, not just was I not mentally ready yet because I thought, you know, down the road I had for seven years, I had been mom and dad and it was William and I, we were a team. And even though Martin was this great guy that wanted to come in and be part of our family and cared about William and cared about me, it was hard in a lot of ways for me to let anyone else in as a parent role even taking my attention away from William, you know, his whole life, he was number one. And so that took a lot of work on both of our part as far as, okay, how do we work this out? It's a lot different than you're in a relationship and you have a, a baby together and you raise the baby together because then you figure it out as you go. William was already seven years old and Martin, you know, bam, became a dad. And then um, how do I let any of my parenting responsibilities or, you know, there was a lot of things I started seeing Willie, uh, Martin could um, communicate with William so well. And I had this thing that I'm like, well, I've been a mom for seven years. I mean, he's a dad, <laughs> like what, what does he know? Kind of, you know? And then sometimes he would like put me in my place as far as like, I'd be surprised. I would be stumped not knowing what to say or do. And he would just come right in with like the perfect thing to say or do. And so it was definitely an adjustment period of letting him in to my life, to my heart as a co-parent. And so it really took a lot of communication and understanding. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I can just completely, I'm just sitting over here. If you could see me all, if you could see me right now, I'm just shaking my head like violently because I can totally get it. I totally get it. It's a huge adjustment and yeah, same kind of dynamic with us as well. Nick didn't have kids coming into the marriage. So Logan's his only biological child. He did adopt Aubrey, but he had no idea like what the heck this whole parenting thing <laughs> like all of a sudden having to be a parent to an older child is hard yeah uh, and that dynamic when you're so close you've been together so long and then inviting somebody else into that dynamic is it's it's a challenge but it sounds like you guys have you've navigated that dynamic pretty well and now you really can help other people in navigating that dynamic also. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a really good point is, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, we did our book, 
to help couples communicate. But that's something that, you know, when you work through something and then you kind of forget about the challenges and struggles that you overcame. And that's a good point that that's something that I'm sure a lot of families struggle with being blended families. And how do you, how do you blend so that everybody feels, you know, included and everybody mm-hmm. is in harmony, you know, obviously nobody's always in harmony, but you know, <laughs> to the best ability. Yeah. And, we can try. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good point of where, you know, another area that maybe we can pour into families sharing our experiences. And I'm sure you as a therapist probably um, come across that a lot with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the majority of families are blended nowadays. Uh, And it does add a whole nother dynamic for sure, especially when you are combining money, right? And you have been, well, I know you said I've been doing it myself for so long and now I have to allow somebody else to come in and have some control or have some power and it's scary. It's very scary and money is something people protect so, so much because there's so much fear around it for sure. And I can say Nick and I, when we got married or shortly before we got married, money is one thing that we don't see totally eye to eye on. And he is the saver and I am the spender. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to become more of a uh, saver, but I'm going to have him listen to your book also. Yeah. So I think it's a bit different than somebody who doesn't have children yet, who's kind of going through this process chronologically, I guess. There's still challenges for sure, but I think the blended family, it it adds in more. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Totally. So the other thing that we have um, in common, and I don't know I mean, I'll bring it up. I <laughs> is we have the biracial component um, uh, yes. in common in our families as well, mm-hmm. which I think because my daughter is half black and my husband is he's a mix of lots of different things. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, if they physically looked alike, we are a very multicultural family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a place where I can connect with you as well, mm-hmm. which I love that. Yeah. Um, but how do you think, do you think that there's a cultural component at all that affects how people see money? Yes, definitely. And just like, I mean, different, uh, everybody has a different experience growing up. And, you know, just like people have different cultures and different cultural experiences and money definitely goes hand in hand um, with that. So we definitely do see a difference in, you know, the way that people look at money based on their culture. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that Martin talks a lot about more and something that I don't, uh, I don't feel as qualified (laughs) to speak about. And he speaks a lot about, you know, different experiences that he grew up in Africa. 
And so um, seeing the differences in there's people with money and there's people that are, I mean, we see people that don't have money here, but people that there's no like help there, you know, there's no government programs. And so he's seeing like real poverty. And so I think it definitely goes hand in hand and what you experience, what you're exposed to, it definitely makes an impact on how you grow up, not just behaving about money, but what you think is even possible. Because what you see people do, then you know is possible. If you don't even see somebody becoming successful or having opportunities, then you may not even know it's available. Yeah, so, such a good point. I, I think too, and something we talk about a lot in our home is kind of this privilege that we have as just Americans in general, but also white privilege and male privilege and all of these things that aren't talked about very often. But I think all of those things go hand in hand with money, socioeconomic status, all of those things. And whether or not you realize you have privilege, <laughs> which what you were just saying reminds me of this, like being in Africa and, and not realizing that there are any other possibilities. I think people who do live here and who do have an awareness of how things really can be gives them such a clearer picture of how privileged we really truly are and the privilege of choice even and and being able to have choice here where a lot of other people don't. So um, yeah. Martin talks a lot about, well, when he came to America and a belief that he had was that everybody is rich in America. Everybody is rich. And it seems to be kind of a, a wide belief you know among people in other countries is they see americans they think that we own our homes we own all of our cars you know they don't know about how much debt americans take mm -hmm. on and have and i think also there's a you see a lot of people coming from other countries and coming and becoming very very successful because they know the opportunities that is available here. They know the opportunities that they didn't have where they came from. So they're going to come here and make the most of it. Whereas Americans, people who lived here, who grew up here, they, you know, it's, that's what you experience. You don't know anything else. So you don't really understand the opportunities that you really do have available. Right. Yes. Such so a good point. That's given me a good perspective, just being able to learn. And that's something I'm grateful for William being exposed to, you know, Martin sharing his experiences. His father was in politics in Liberia, West Africa. And so he got to travel to many different countries and be exposed to many different cultures. And I didn't have that experience. So being able to hear those stories and experiences that he's had in different people and cultures that he's been exposed to has been really eye-opening about you know, what other people's experiences are. And I've been so grateful for William to be able to hear and be exposed to um, those things as well. And just in our neighborhood here, there is actually quite a wide range of races, religions. Um, he, his, his friends are, you know, he's got 
black friends, white friends, Indian friends, Asian friends, and all different religions, and um, they speak different languages. So he gets exposed to all of these different cultures, which I think is so important. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's it's huge. Our world perspective, it's, it's just absolutely huge in so many ways. But also, I mean, I think we're kind of talking about money and your financial development as well. And it, it, I think it just greatly impacts that. So it's awesome. I just think we like we have kind of parallel lives in, in a little bit of a way. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know, I'm really glad we got connected. I know, me too. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear a little bit about what we talked about on the phone and, and going and being, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talking about women in business because I think a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs or career women women right and going into going into business or trying to create an income for their family whether that be through network marketing or whatever and and you had talked with me on the phone about kind of your transition into this business and some of the stuff that you dealt with that I think a lot of women deal with especially when it comes to business. So I would love to have you share that with the audience as well. Sure. So, you know, I think that especially going into combining uh, our business, Martin and I, he had more experience than I did. And so he had been speaking, you know, he deals with the clients as far as the, the sales and production. And so I had a lot, I experienced a lot of feelings of kind of not being um, adequate, not being like as valuable, not being as knowledgeable or as capable. And so I had a lot of insecurities about speaking or talking with clients and feeling like I didn't really know what I was talking about. Even though I did, I just didn't have as much experience. And so what I really realized is that I had been looking for my, to to validate my value from other people outside of me. So I would feel like somebody had to agree with what I said for it to actually be valid. Instead of me knowing that what I'm saying is valid because it's my experience, my reality, and they can take it or leave it as, as something they believe or not believe to be true. And so it was really when I got that, oh, I have to be solid and grounded within myself and to share my message, to share my value, to be able to make sales in business. Um, and then the people who your message resonates with will come and find you. And um, it was really, you know, even if people agree with you, and they like what you're doing, if you don't agree with yourself, if you don't find value in what you're doing and saying, it's never going to feel, you know, you're never going to have that confidence. You're never going to have that solid foundation within yourself. And so I always felt this like hesitation and always felt like people were ahead of me or somehow knew more than me. And so it was really when, oh, I have to be okay with where I'm at and know that I don't have to have it all figured out. 
There's always things I'm going to be learning and growing. You know, I used to think that there was going to be like a time in my life where I had it all figured out and things were just going to, you know, be in place and I'd have the white picket fence and I would do a course or a class or learn something. I'd be like, oh, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And everything's going to fall into place. And then I would realize, oh, now I got to learn this thing or now I don't know this thing or, you know, some kind of challenge in my business. And I had to, so two things, I had to get solid in my own value. And number two, I had to realize that it's a growing process and you grow through challenges and making mistakes and trying things. And the more that you can be transparent about it, the more you can help other people. Because like you said, you know, everybody goes through things. And if I can share the things I'm going through and how I got through them or how I'm getting through them then that can help other people. But if I'm too busy trying to pretend like I have everything figured out and everything is all, well, then that really perpetrates that imposter syndrome that I think so many women, I see so many women having, you know, they're really good at what they do, but yet they feel like they're a fake. They feel like someone's going to figure out that they're, that's not really who they are. And so I think by just, just taking a deep breath and letting your guard down, and being real is really where it's at as far as getting your, you know, your strength in yourself. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I love that. <laughs> I think we do like we get into this place of, I have to be perfect or have it all together. Um, or I at least have to let other people think I do mm-hmm. in order to help people or in order to be in a leadership position, which the reality is, is that none of us have it all together ever because we are always growing. We are always learning. There's always something new to learn. The more you up level, they say, the more uh, the next thing, then you're ready to learn. And so to think, you ever get to a point where you know everything, (laughs) I think it's just completely unrealistic and we'll never get there. So then you don't share. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So the transparency, being transparent. And so what did you see it, what shifted within your business and your life when you were able to have that understanding Well, for one, I got really clear on what my skills are, like what I'm good at. And so instead of feeling like I had to compete with the things that Martin does, then I can focus on, okay, what am I good at? I'm really good at developing relationships. I'm really good at, you know, relating to people. And so I do a lot of the relationship building in our business. And Martin is really, really good with the clients and explaining all the strategies and creating them and putting them together. And so really by being, being aware of what I'm good at and aware of what he's good at that are not necessarily my strength, then I can allow him to do what he's good at and he can allow me to do what I'm good at. And it's become such a great balance. So then, you know, I'm very uh, good with organization and you know, scheduling and making sure that things, you know, flow through to completion. Um, So all of those things, knowing that I'm good at, I'm capable of, 
And then I can really build my confidence and know also there's things that, you know, that aren't his strength. And so I feel really good. Not that I want to say, oh, you're not good at that. But I, it makes me feel good that there's things that I can contribute and things that I can help. And then also really believing in myself that if there's anything that I want to learn or I'm not feeling confident in, I just need to spend more time practicing. Like I really want, when I very first started on this journey, I knew I wanted to be on stage. I knew I wanted to be speaking and helping women and families, but I didn't even know what I was an expert at yet, you know? And I love speaking, but I was terrified of saying the wrong thing or not being good at it. And so I had to practice. So it was just little steps to get in the direction of where I want to be. So Martin started doing videos and then I started just like poking my head in there. I didn't say anything. I just poked my head in there. And then, you know, little by little, then I would contribute something. And now it's turned into, you know, we have a show on a digital network. We speak at events. So it all started just having in mind what I wanted to be able to do and then thinking, okay, what do I need to learn or what do I need to practice to be able to get there? Hmm. Yeah. Not, not feeling like, and I think so many people feel like this is what I want. I need to be there tomorrow and getting overwhelmed by that. And so then they just never even start or they get so discouraged that they're not there tomorrow that they just throw in the towel. Right. But yes. So taking the little steps and how important those are. And also being able to be present because what you just brought up is a really good point about people thinking of where they should be or, oh my gosh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to complete this in time. I'm not going to be able to do this thing when I want to be able to do it. And so that's thinking about in the future, that's thinking about things that haven't even happened or, you know, thinking where you should be, but that's not where you are. So you have to really be able to get present where you are to even get anywhere else. If you can't be present with where you are and what you're able to do, then you can't really change any of it. Yeah. So, so true. I say um, that when you have one foot in the past, one foot in the future, then you're peeing on today. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, it's true though I it's it's kind of a silly and I I heard that somewhere I have no idea where a long time ago I'm picturing a meme of it I feel like I heard it in grad school maybe because it's the the idea in my profession is is being stuck in the past causes depression being Mm -hmm. stuck in the future causes anxiety and yeah how important the present is for sure and so you're saying even it's it's so important in building your money your your financial stability as well oh my gosh so i think the biggest issue with people uh not changing their financial situation or not improving it is they're just not willing to confront it they're not willing to confront where they really are because they have in their mind where they should be and it's not there that's not where they are and so they don't want to even admit where they are to do anything about it and so our whole goal martin and i when we started doing videos when we really brought our business online our goal was to make learning about money easy and fun because people have such an avoidance about it 
And even in their relationship, they can't, you know, you come into a relationship, maybe somebody has some debt or maybe somebody made some bad, you know, financial decisions. So they don't even want to talk about it. And then you can't handle it if you can't talk about it. And so the first, our first goal is to just get people comfortable talking about where they're at. And so we tell people, think of it, think of us like a financial doctor. When you go to your doctor, you know, some people will say, well, what do I need to do to become financially independent? Well, we first have to figure out where you are. There's no one answer that is right for everyone. And so you wouldn't go to the doctor and say, hey, uh, I need some pills. You know, the doctor would say, well, what's going on? Well, what, you know, where, where are you having pain? Or, you know, let's get some information about where you are so we can help you get to where you want to be. That's the first thing is just getting will, uh, people willing to confront where they are and to have fun about it. You know, there's, there's so much seriousness and, uh, and in the financial industry, there's so many like confusing words and terms and it's really meant to pe keep people in the dark so they don't really ask any questions or do anything about it. So we wanna help people understand what's going on, clear up any confusion, and um, and then we want to help them build an unbreakable financial house because truly, I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen in life and whether we're aware of it or not, we're all building a financial house. Some of us have a financial shack. Some of us have a financial mansion and everybody wants a different, you know, everyone has a different picture of what that unbreakable financial house looks like, but really it's that it's unshakable, like anything that happens, you can face it and you can move on and it's not going to take you out. So, um, you know, there's six areas that we teach people how to build an unbreakable financial house. So there's ca um, cash flow, what's coming in, what's going out. There's debt management. There's emergency fund. There's proper protection, like life insurance and things like that, building wealth and then estate planning. So those are like the six areas. And what we do when we, when we meet with somebody is we look at where they are in each of those six areas. And we talk about what their goals and dreams are, what they want to be able to do and accomplish. And then we help them fill in those gaps. So we identify, you know, anywhere that their house is, is being threatened in any of those areas. And then we help them to really make each of those areas solid and unshakable so that they really can, you know, create the life that they want and nothing is going to take it away from them. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. I'm like, well, I just want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's so, so, so important. And it really is the the area the area of biggest divide I think in in most relationships. So I know people are going to want to know how to connect with you more, and so we'll come back to that. But before we do, I want to kind of before we wrap things up, I always ask uh, my guests two questions, and I want to make sure that I get to ask you as well. And then we'll move more into the connection piece. But I want to know, first of all, what do you think um, in, in your story and your journey, what has been the most vital to your growth? 
I would say really finding that inner confidence and my value because um, I did a lot of the right things in, you know, personal development, financial education, but I really started out not doing it for me. I wanted to do it for my son. And so then there was a point where I realized, you know, okay, I have to learn all this stuff so I can teach him. But there was a point where I realized, oh, I can't just learn it and teach it to him. I have to become it. And I have to, you know, be confident in myself if I want him to be confident. And so really getting that belief and confidence and knowing my value and the things that I'm good at and letting go of the things that I'm not good at and just really focusing on making myself better based on where I'm at, not based on what anyone else can do or what anyone else thinks I should do, but really getting a solid certainty of what's real for me and, and what my value is and how I can continue strengthening it. Hmm. I would say that's probably been the most valuable and has impacted every other area of my life. Well, it's huge. I think that I that value piece is absolutely vital. And so I love that you bring that up and I love that you talk so openly about it and making that shift to needing to do it for you, mm -hmm. not just for your son. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as women and moms, we tend to do a lot of things for our kids mm -hmm. instead of than uh, for ourselves. <laughs> yes, yeah. Totally. So, all right. Next question is, um, what do you want to make sure that people know? So walking away from this conversation, if they remember one thing or they can know one thing, what would that be? I would say that I want people to know that they can have family success and financial success. Um, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can have both and whatever that means to you um that success of having a strong unbreakable financial house and a strong unbreakable family you know being able to spend time together and that's really why we've built this family business to be able to you know spend time together make an impact in other people's lives and um to grow together to build our business together so that we can create you know a legacy generational wealth so I would say in short, yeah, that you can have financial success and family success. It doesn't have to be either or. Huge, huge. Thank you for that. And how can people find you? How they how can they connect with you? You you talked briefly at the very beginning about your book called mm -hmm. Let's Fight About Money, right? And yeah. I know you have an audio version because that's what I have because I'm terrible at sitting down and reading. So thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I would say the best place to kind of get an overall, you know, access to us and our information would be going to martinandchelsea.com. And that kind of has links to all of our resources. I believe it has a link to our Facebook page as well. Our Facebook page is Martin and Chelsea Matthews. And um, I would say though, I don't wanna give you too many, um, too many places, but 
if you are interested in, we do have, I put together a package that includes the ebook, the audio book, it has a cash flow course, and it actually has uh, William's money system, so the kids' money system. And I'm putting together a program, a video series for parents, teaching them, you know, how to teach their kids good money habits, how we worked with William since he was six years old, and now he's 13. So he's really already an expert at um, good money habits. And so if anybody would like information about that, you can, you're welcome to contact me. And my Facebook page is Chelsea Reese Matthews. So, but I would say martinandchelsea.com is probably the best way to get access to all of our platforms. Okay. And so those, those links will definitely be in the show notes. So it's easier okay, cool. for people to just click on that and get to you. Um, and you do a weekly live on Facebook, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do a live show Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We interview other entrepreneurs and we talk about their journey. And then Friday mornings at 7.30 a.m. we do a live show where we talk about money, uh, relationships, you know, kind of whatever topic that is, you know, at hand at the moment. <laughs> And that's, I think, that's one thing I love about Facebook Live, too, is it's a good way for people to kind of get to know your personality and and be able to see you and connect with you rather than just maybe reading about you or, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit more of a connecting point, probably. So, yeah, great. So, I will have your Facebook page, too, in, in the links. And okay. I would just really encourage people to, to connect with both of you to, to watch what you're doing because it's just so, it's so awesome and so needed. And I love how you do it with transparency and realness and sharing your, your heart and your story in the process. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been great connecting with you and learning more about you as well. And I just love, you know, women coming together and encouraging and supporting other women. It's so important. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you. All right, my friends, wasn't that just such a great interview? I think that most of us can relate so much to wanting to find that balance between family life and making money. I love how openly and productively Chelsea talks about money and helps families talk about it too. Because as most of us know, money is a taboo and conflictual topic in many homes. It doesn't need to be though, nor should it be if you really want to change your money story. So I really appreciate all that Chelsea is doing to help people do that. I encourage you to connect more with her, grab a copy of her book, find her on Facebook and Instagram. The links will be in the show notes so you can find her more easily and just get plugged in. We can all use positive, financially focused influences in our lives who encourage the stability, strength, and growth of our families and also the growth of our own selves. 
All right, my friends, remember your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow like crazy, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.